that's a very subdued beginning to it, a new era. It is a new era, but we had to start somewhere, so... But that is the definition of a new era. Starting. Yeah, I suppose. Anyhow, yeah, all right. So we're back. Literally back. In, uh, Inside AV is back for another crack. <laughs> back for a new year, 2015. Yeah, but hang on. I don't think we did anything last year. No, it was called holiday, wasn't it? A, um, yeah, what do you call an extended holiday? Sabbatical or something. And it was. We, we reviewed our situation in the world during that period. And it wasn't any better than than this now, so... So back doing the same thing? What do you got? Have you... This, the idea of Inside AV was that it would be trade secrets and special information. An insider's view of the audiovisual world. Yeah, well, I don't know any new secrets. Um, really? You must have learnt something in the last year. In the last year. Oh... The uh, the manufacturers keep coming up with new new exciting things. Like we've seen 4K now. It's been here for 12 months. Yeah. It's not really making a big impact here. Did we see 4K at the CES last year? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was there. It was. It mustn't have struck me particularly. I don't really remember it. Maybe the drugs. <laughs> okay, well, I've seen it since, and yeah, it still doesn't strike me. How the hell do you play? Where do you get the four K signal from? Um, that is the, that is the main problem. Is that why it's not? Okay. Yeah. So though though we could be saved um, because the new GoPro is four K. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. And did you know that the biggest? No, not the biggest. The uh, most popular Christmas present for two thousand fifteen or two thousand fourteen mm. for Australia was GoPro. How do you define the most popular? Well, the most sales, I suppose. By volume or by dollars? Oh, I would say volume. We wouldn't go dollars. It's not a high-ticket item, is it? It's not really. It's not a Mercedes-Benz. What Benz. I mean is, how, yeah, no, but... Well, yeah, so by volume, yeah, but... That was... I'm, what I'm guessing is there was more GoPros given as Christmas presents than C-Class Benzes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Be <laughs> the go. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I had no idea that that would be. I thought maybe tablet devices or totem tennis or something might have been more. No, I think um, it got highlighted in the local radio station or local newspaper because the uh, lack of stock, because everyone was buying them up. Really? Yeah. Okay. But maybe they. I I didn't look. I haven't looked lately at the prices, but maybe the new 4K when it comes out. Will um, be so, uh, when they did those new models, the new black and the new white and the new silver or whatever it was. Is that the models we've still got now, or have they been? You know, when oh, we bought one together, yes. the one that you've never used that only <laughs> I've ever used, and we just missed out getting the new one. Yes. Is those new ones still the new one, or is there a new a new one? I think, there's a, <laughs> I think you could say it's a new. Because I tell you what, I really miss that. Uh, preview via your wireless device or whatever. Yeah, on my... Yeah, you've got on your... Other, on the black. On the one you actually own the whole thing and use it when you found in the creek. Right, yeah, Did we talk about that story or not? Uh, I don't know. We could it's worth re- repeating. It is worth repeating. It's, it's a bit of a plug for GoPro, isn't it, really? Possibly. 
so we we were up in the hills up at uh the hinterland there's um it's like it's gardeners falls i think they call it okay it's a local waterfall hang out for kids and stuff to yep. jump off the rocks and Jump in the water. Hang out for kids and older guys with cameras. Yes. <laughs> it may be. And keep going. Anyway, we went. It was a... Pace, like, Keith. Pace. Oh, pace, pace. Okay. So, basically, we found a GoPro in the water. Oh, you just wrecked the best part of the story. What was the best part? Well, you were walking along and Penn was sort oh, of walking in. Like, well... And you were saying, don't walk in there. And she was saying... Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, too yeah. deep and rocky and... No, no, Treacherous no. and there were stonefish and alligators and stuff. And then... No, it's freshwater. Yeah, freshwater alligators or freshwater crocodiles. Crocodiles. Johnson River crocodile. Yeah. They're very narrow snout <laughs> and pointy teeth, but they don't attack because they're only small or something. Anyhow, in fact, speaking of which, I don't think American alligators actually are as feisty as our saltwater crocodiles. No, they're not. They're, I don't you think can they... pat them, alligators. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I know you can walk on them if you're in a James Bond film. Now, so to get to the other side... So she saw something shiny or something and was trying to... Yeah, and I just said, don't pick that up. It's a piece of rubbish in the water. Yes, yeah, yeah. So in a foot of water, I suppose, of running clear, Mm. fresh water, and, you know, it's it's a trait of the little little person in the world to pick up stuff, shiny object. We probably should mention that your daughter is a dwarf, yes. (laughs) No, she's not. Well, she's grown up now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was a... Small. Well, didn't she, didn't she have dwarfism as a child? <laughs> or are children smaller? I don't know. No. Okay. No. Just you called her a little person, that's all. I'm, all, I'm, she's a. Isn't that a slang term for a. Oh, well, I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry if I offended any small people. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, so she, you told her not to pick up the piece of rubbish. And yeah. she picked it up anyhow. And it was, I think people have realised by now what it was. Yeah, it was a. GoPro in its case. <laughs> so with, took, a, with a suction cup mount from memory. Oh, no, we weren't that lucky. Oh. No, we really just got... Oh, I had one of the stick-on mounts. Yeah, it? yeah, we just got the out... Yeah, yeah. So, um, took it home, pulled it out of its case. Mm. Case was covered in green algae and, mm. and, and the like and a bit of sand and grit in, in a few of the buttons. Um, charged it up. Checked the footage and it, it had been in the water for 12 months. It, <laughs> it tumbled down the creek from where it started from. So you would have to say. It had stopped recording at some point. Oh, yeah, it stopped recording. Well, would it stop recording when it goes flat, I suppose? Or yeah. runs out of card, but. Yeah, well, there was the. Was the, there a very long file, like a multi gigabyte file? No, that, it was a bit weird like that. There was heaps of files, there's heaps of personal stuff on there. Was it? Not very exciting stuff, but no, obviously bedroom scenes. No, no, nothing like that. Damn it! <laughs> nothing you could put up on the net. Um, and the, you do see the final scene. He's on the canoe. He's just pushed off. Um, he starts paddling, and it just drops in the water, and that's all you get to see, yeah, really. Yeah. And was it behind him, so he didn't know it was gone, or? No, was it was it in front of him, which was yeah. a bit weird. So, obviously, he lost it, and that was it. It was yeah, Maybe was he in sort of semi-rapids? It could of. have been, yeah. So, so from the footage, you couldn't, A, work out who the guy was. He never took pictures of his licence or something. <laughs> no, or I actually... Or pictures uh, of his business car that had his name on it. No, no. 
and in turn, I wonder whether where he was on the river system when it fell off and how far down the how river far it travelled. Look, you couldn't tell from the you footage. couldn't really tell. I mean, let's face it, the background's so far away on a GoPro. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, you could have been on the bloody lunar surface, except for them. Amount of water that was around. Water, yeah, that, and that sort of prompted me too, like trying to be the good Samaritan and, and give the thing yeah. back to the guy. Yeah, where's the rego number of of the car? Yeah. And, you know, where's something familiar? And, and you know, try and hand it back. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be good in, instead of calling your know, memory card? You know, nothing. Nothing. The default. Yeah. Is, yeah. You, you put your name as the memory card or you put your phone number on the mm. memory card. You might get your memory card back. You won't get your camera back, though. <laughs> I don't know. That's Well, you could do what any number of old Billy Gates do. We've seen gear come in the shop over the years where they inscribe their name all over. Oh, them, yeah. Which is the funniest thing because I'm quite certain that the thief who took the VCR out of their TV cabinet yes. doesn't care... Or possibly already knows what your name is, so you know. Like, <laughs> He's not worried about. It's got an. I suppose. I suppose the point is that drug addicts are, in theory, the you know, the old theory is that you know some, that all people who do break-ins are drug addicts, and secondly, that they're doing it to flog it down the pub. For oh, a at the pawn shop or whatever. Yeah. Or well, yeah. I don't think they're taking it to the pawn shop. Well, back in the day, they possibly did. I'm sure. In fact. I used to get very annoyed back, uh, I think it was when plasmas were fairly new or something and they were getting stolen or, or maybe not so much plasmas as just big TVs or stereo gear in general. And, and you know, where did all the stuff go? <laughs> and then I think, well, I'm trying to think what I was getting annoyed about. I think it was, I think it was, because this is pre-internet, I think it was like pre-eBay and it was, they had all this stock like ca- when cash converters first started, yes, they had all this hi-fi stock. <laughs> That's how they kicked and off. And I was like, where did it come from? Because I can't find it. And they have stuff that was only two and three years old. I suppose in a lot of cases it was legitimate, but I swear that there was, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was like a clearance house of stolen stuff. It was, it's a hot dead, spot. Dead beat suburb of actually, large cities um, that you know where you took where thieves would take their haul and cash converters would retail it <laughs> i shouldn't probably use that actual they'd move it a generic porn broking service would move it yes mm. although the rulings that you, you have to keep your books and all this and you have to provide proof of where the stuff came, came from, from you know who knows we should have a quick break make sure the recording is working Okay, and I was going to bring up something. And come back with some useful, actually, audio-video-related stuff. Okay, let's do that. We'll do that. Back soon. Done. Back again. Back in the room. Yeah, we're back. That was quick. Um, Yeah, just a short piece of music and we're back. (laughs) Um, You did mention something there about pawnbrokers and plasma TVs. Yeah. And I thought I would, we should we should check up on the plasma TV. It just seems to have disappeared. Well, I thought in Australia that they'd finished about six months or a year ago, but a, and a, a, someone in 
a, a Facebook friend of mine, someone who I've never met, don't know. Oh, a real friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah proper, proper Facebook friend. Yeah. Um. Uh, made a posting over Christmas that he was sad to see the last of. He works in the US. He was sad and works at you know fucking Best Buy. Did I say fucking? <laughs> I don't normally swear. No. Um. Works at um fucking Best Buy. <laughs> One of the, actually, I think Best Buy's tits up, isn't it? I think that's where he is work. Maybe they're not out of business. But anyhow, the point is, one of those large American chain stores that sells appliances, oh, you know, brown goods. Actually, I heard another name for them, um, box shops. Box shops. Yeah, that's what they call it, Americans call them. Do they? Okay. They're the big box shops. Well, some Americans. I wouldn't like to generalise. Oh, yeah, some. Yeah. But, yeah, one you know calls it a box shop. Are you sure that he wasn't or she wasn't referring to something else? No, no, that's what they call them. Instead of big chain stores, they call them box shops. Okay. Because they sell boxes. You hear that noise? I did, actually. I know what it is, too, and it's very annoying. I won't bore you with what it is. Oh, Sorry, okay. folks, we have a sound in the background. It's something hanging on the other side of the wall, rattling around. Um, it's amazing how it resonates through the wall, and yet the wall is... Multi layers thick, it's full of wool and blah blah blah, and yet sound still gets through. Sorry. Um, it uh, uh, so, so this guy works at a box, yeah. Over Christmas, he was um, 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 complaining, I suppose. I'm, the word eludes me what he was. He was upset the fact that he sold his last big plasma, last plasma full stop, and you know, he was spruiking the fact that the picture was, you know. Very good, very fine. Well, you'd be upset. Unlike, yeah, I don't like LCDs, LEDs at all, but, you know. What, so you're going to have to hang on to your Panasonic for a while yet to come, a few years? It still works well. So why did they just disappear? I thought you were going to tell us, Keith. <laughs> well, it's sort of like they they haven't given us a real reason. Oh, um, I'll tell you the reason. You're going to tell us the real reason they got rid of them? Well, you, because if you, if you, for instance, that 70-inch TV you brought in for repair. Well, that's an LCD. LCD with LED backlighting. Yeah, there yeah. is nothing in it. Yeah, yeah. The cost so of the making cost, yeah. the things is minimal compared with with uh, plasma, which required some serious electronics and voltages and stuff, and, and obviously the, the gas panel. Whereas an LCD panel, I'm sure they've worked out an inexpensive way to make them. Mm. And they seem to be getting bigger and bigger and cheaper and cheaper. Well, they've got the technology worked out. And the great thing about that technology, maybe not so much the panel, but the electronics. Electronics is worth nothing that's that's in. There's no fancy, expensive-looking parts like transformers and chokes and inductors and things that cost money to make. It's just a handful of... Yeah, no big power consumption. They're a very simple machine inside. And a bunch of plastic and metal and a remote, and which, of course, costs nothing to make, you know. So from a manufacturer's perspective... So you think the death of plasma was just... It's not viable to... I think somewhere along the line, in a more philosophical sort of way, manufacturers now officially care less and less about sound quality and picture quality that is no longer a a feature or a priority 
I think you don't think there was any health issues or environmental issues with plasma? I think there probably was. (laughs) They just kept it quiet for so long. That's never going to be a reason why you wouldn't make it, though, is it? Otherwise, we wouldn't have, um, you know, batteries. Well, because the saviour of the world is electric cars, and yet the most hideous thing you can manufacture on the planet is a battery. So, as far as that's true, as far as filth that's left behind. So, so it's the least green thing on the planet. Because generate, generating electricity is not the cleanest of things to do either. No. Unless it's nuclear, nuclear, <laughs> nuclear, as George would say. So, um, um, so would, oh, I'm now officially speechless. Oh, so yeah, no, as far as the, the panels. Oh, yeah, I think they were cows of things to make, I guess, and they were probably not as dirty to make as batteries, but I'm sure they were unpleasant. Well, yeah, they were would have to be. Oh, yeah, maybe they weren't. I don't know. I, but, I mean, I think it was just a cost thing. Plus, I don't know, there seemed to be bio-resistance to it. I don't think you could make them as thin. Wasn't it also... And they were heavy. I'm, I'm stepping back in time slightly. Probably more fragile to ship, maybe, as well. Didn't one of the big plasma factories get wiped out in... Oh, in the Japanese yeah, tsunami Japanese thing. tsunami that never came back. Yeah, actually, I think uh, you're right. Yes. There'd be people right now Googling that would tell us what that is, but as we don't even have an active computer in the room, um, which is rather... So that sort of brings me back to something else that I was thinking about the other day was um, skill sets. So if you were a plasma TV technician, that skill set's no longer required. There was no skill in fixing plasma. Oh, there was no skill. <laughs> the skill was in ordering a board that you thought oh, would be fitting okay. it and see if you could fixed it. I was reminiscing back to CRTs when that was a skill set. That was a skill. But no longer required. And actually, I got reminded of that when um, a friend rang and asked me to fix a rear projection TV. Oh, no. <laughs> no. They said it was working until they took it home. They paid $100 for it and... Drove it home and it stopped working. It reminds me of a guy the other day who complained endlessly during the phone call that he can't understand why this, and I forget what it was, I think it was just an AV receiver or something, he cannot understand how it can be faulty because it was working perfectly yesterday. (laughs) And he said this again and again and again. Like, I just don't understand it. I mean, like, it was working perfectly yesterday it was working perfectly yesterday, and today it doesn't work. How can that happen? There you go. That, that's, that's a demonstration <laughs> that's of it. what I said to him. I just like I don't get it. What do you? What's your point? The tire was perfect until the air went out of it. I don't know what. Yes. Just and just while we're on the subject of that, just as a heads up to all those who are listening, whoever may book. A repair in at Audio Fix. Ooh. You only need to tell me the fault once. Yeah. <laughs> right? Stretching the conversation out to fourteen minutes and saying, the "Yeah, same. I just went and I just went to turn it on, and it just it just it just doesn't go." Like you know, it was I don't know. I was listening to some music last night, and then I, I went at the back to have a you know a quick. Sorry, I was going to say something else, and then I came back, and it just wasn't working. All right, so uh, what name is it? So anyhow, yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't know. I mean, it's working fine. Like last night, then I went to get a drink, 
and uh and now it's not in, working it's just not working and it just you know and and I, I tried everything like i turned it off and i turned it back on and it never came on i turned it off at the wall and all right so what phone number is it you know right so and yeah we'll have to charge a small deposit and we'll uh, have a look at it tomorrow and then, yeah i don't know I, I i just it was fine i went out to the kitchen i i, I came back and it wasn't <laughs> and working the- yeah I, I i got that yep this and, and I know this, yeah, is, this is a really boring podcast, but after 33 years of listening to this, that's a trait, though, isn't it? For some people, they can tell you the same I thing. You think it's an Australian thing? I don't think the rest Do you of the think world it is? does it. I think we're a bit slow. Nothing going on on the wrong no, side of the planet. I don't think you're right because there is a there's, there is an old song and it's a Talking Heads song. Yeah, Talking Heads, and he says a lyric in that line about, and I'll have to I'll have to. Someone. There's a lyric in that line. Oh, there's a lyric in the song, sorry. Yeah, in the sign. And sign. It, sign. Song. 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 And he says something on that line of only say it once. And and it's quite good. I don't I, know if that song's lyric was about booking your amplifier in for repair. No, but it was about stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> so Well, these are not necessarily stupid people. I mean, they're not perhaps the brightest, but... I, I, you know, it, it happens a lot, and I, I think that it's actually a, a personal trait. And then there's probably a scientific word for it. Or we've all had it. It's a bit like the other one, without telling our war stories excessively. But it's like um, I think you and I were joking about it the other day. Is that? Um, yeah, no. Look, I mean, I know what's wrong with it. I, I mean, it doesn't go, and obviously it's the power switch. But I mean, I just. I, I mean, my mate used to, he's an ex-technician and, uh, you know, I'd get him to look at it because he's an ex-technician and I mean, it's obviously just the power switch because, I mean, you push it and it doesn't go. And, yeah. And, and you go, well, there's things behind the scenes, you know, when you push the power button, other things, you know, go on, you know, it could be any number of things. No, 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 it's definitely the power switch definitely because, I mean, switch. what used to happen was that you'd press it and it would go on and now it doesn't. So it's obviously the power switch. And this goes on and on and on. And if it's not but the power switch... isn't that switch, the same trade? He's just telling you the same thing, the same fault. Well, it's that, but it's the, they're, they're, exager- they're, they're complicating the, the, the boring old thing of telling you the, the fault five times. Now they're telling you what's wrong with it. Oh, it's okay. the power switch. Yes. And if it's not the power switch, it's the fuse. I mean, there's obviously a fuse in there somewhere. I just, if you could just change that fuse, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, that's really not what fuses are for, though, is it? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I, I had a, I had a car once, and a cigarette lighter wouldn't work. It's just the fuse. Actually, they did that fuse thing, and I know it's your favourite TV channel or TV show on ACA, and that was a few <laughs> that was a few years ago, and they set up technicians mm-hmm. with a blown fuse, yeah, and to see what the bill was at the end of it, yeah. and um. It sort of backfired a little bit because, you know, some of them gave it back and said nothing wrong with it. It was just a fuse. Yeah. Checked a few things. And then some of them sent back a bill, you know, for whatever their hourly rate was. Mm. And this is a few years ago, 10 years or more ago. Yes. You know, 55, yeah. 110, whatever it was. Yeah. And a full description of what they've checked. Yes. Because... The fuse blew for a reason. That's right. Fuses blow for a reason. And so uh, the poor yes. technician has gone and pulled his hair out and tried yes. to work out why this is fuse yes, is blown. Right. So it doesn't happen again. So it doesn't inconvenience the customer exactly. Again. And ACA is giving him a hard time for charging yes. for a blown fuse. Yes. Yeah, but that I don't know. You've just shit on your own point because <laughs> it's 
a current affair. It's a garbage program. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. And but the people that work on it are semi-retarded. <laughs> if not retarded, they're gigantic, as if someone's put a bike pump up their bottom and gone, <laughs> i.e. the host. But that show's not still on, though, is it? Oh, I think it is, yeah. How? They have a formula and they just stick to it. <laughs> they keep coming. Yeah, it's like I think I think it was Media Watch or someone did a, a summary one. A yeah. take off or not? No, they did a well Media Watch doesn't do take offs. Oh don't they? <laughs> I don't watch Media Watch. Oh Keith. Anyhow Is it on the ABC? Isn't every show on the ABC? <laughs> Anyhow, the the point is they did a they some I don't think it was Media Watch actually it was actually a, probably a comedy sketch show of some sort like a serious panel show or something and they not serious but a comedic semi serious panel show. The point is they oh, okay. someone had worked out the stats for all of the different standard stories that a current affair run and today tonight mm-hmm. two brilliant pieces of uh, quality journalistic. Yes, journalism. Work. Yep. The point is, they it was like 112 stories about um, fat busting pills. <laughs> uh, 37 stories about service stations charging too much for petrol. 27 stories about appliance repair people <laughs> charging too much for changing a fuse. And now they've got, like you say, there's, yeah, there's 12 a- different stories they do, and they just keep. Oh yeah, and there's also the um, how to save money at the shopping. Yes, at, at the checkout. Thirty-seven stories about how to save money <laughs> by looking at the items at the at the bottom of the shelf, not at the top of the shelf. Uh, really, Tr- tricks like that. Oh, yeah, tricks, that, tricks. Because shopping centres, yeah, they this grocery sales shop thing. I think Woolworths and Coles is what I'm trying to say. They um they have no idea how to market groceries. <laughs> right. so, I mean, yeah, all right, okay. okay. So, is there something in this show about audio video or not? Oh, well, I was I was on the audio technician, but or the TV technician. Yeah, we could sit around and talk technical stuff, trade story crap till the cows go home. One that I did did like long time ago though was just even example of some of the what would you call them less imaginative folk that are out there, <laughs> perhaps less well off. This guy came in one day, and this story lasted for years. It was a joke around the shop. This guy came in and quite seriously asked for second-hand TV ribbon cable. So, obviously, that dates the story immediately. Right. And But you will remember that the only reason or what state TV ribbon cable antenna feeder cable oh, yeah, 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 was yeah. in yeah, yeah. when you would change it because... I'd actually forgotten what ribbon cable was. Now I remember. Yes, yeah, go. it all used to completely fall apart in the sun because it was not... The insulation was not terribly uh, well yes. rated. Well, UV there was two wise. varieties. There was the flat well, there was, yeah, ribbon cable, yeah, and that was really for internal use. And then there was the ladder. The ladder. Three at yes, 300 yeah. ohm. Yeah. Well, it's both 300 ohm, but... Yeah. Yeah, it had lower loss because it yeah. was whatever didn't have the insulation in there or whatever but yeah you'd pin that st- stuff up on the side of the house and you just rip it all off <laughs> just pull it down the side of the house and all the nails would pop out that's it and you go and nail some new shit on because it was just completely dilapidated and this guy came in and asked for secondhand tv <laughs> ribbon cable now tv ribbon cable as i remember it was 13 cents a meter was yeah. what we used to sell it for. Yes. I remember that price because it's a very unlucky number. 
Yeah, 13 cents a metre. I, I, I could honestly say I never... But he wanted some second-hand stuff, Sec- which presumably would be half that or less. I never actually saw... How much do you need, sir? I need four and a half metres. <laughs> <laughs> but there was also another guy who came and asked for second-hand CB coax. It wasn't the same guy, oh. and it was at a similar time. Which town are we talking? <laughs> oh, we're talking... <laughs> I'm Shitsville. guessing. Dust, oh. dust town. And uh, yeah, for those who don't know where Dust Town is, it's north of Harvey Bay and south of Gladstone. Um, it's uh, yes, secondhand CB coax, which I think we used to sell CB, like 50 ohm, 52 ohm. You know what I would have done? I think it was 50 cents a metre. It was I would have gone, very expensive. No problem, mate. Just go out the back. It won't be long. Go out the back, wind it off the reel, throw it on the ground, stand on it a few times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it out and sell it to him secondhand. Yeah, yeah but secondhand's cheaper than no. you, Keith. So <laughs> I'll give him a discount. What margin do you think I was working on? <laughs> 13 cents. <laughs> oh, hold on. Well, no, no, Coax was 50 cents a metre or something. I don't know what it was. It might have been a dollar. I don't know, but it wasn't much. I mean, yeah, secondhand CB Coax. So that became the hallmark saying when someone came in the store and was trying to beat us down on a price. Oh. It's always like, oh, so how would you go with that guy? Yeah, it's mainly after second-hand CV coax, <laughs> which was code for he ain't got two cents to rub together. Oh. So, handy hints in audio video. Don't buy second-hand cable. <laughs> Do not buy second-hand ribbon cable. No, no, I mean, this is meant to be a show. I thought I'd oh, okay. break now to make sure the recording doesn't, like, go over its whatever. <laughs> it's kilobyte limit or whatever well i was going to bring up a subject on speakers in parallel and series i think we touched on it a year or two ago two two or three years ago anyway i've, I've it came back to me in that um, i'm not going to name people or suppliers <laughs> you don't want to cover this topic what what what? What? Oh, what do you think is the limit of running speakers in parallel and series with each other? Oh, you were saying something about some some product instruction manual suggested you could run like eighteen pairs. Yeah. No, you can't do that. No. Are you asking for trouble? Well, I don't know. So you're talking about like almost a shop situation where you've got that many speakers in the ceiling or something. I mean, you're yeah, never doing you don't that want in to a do domestic 100. situation. We don't really do commercial audio on this show, do we? Don't we do domestic audio? Oh, we do everything. Do we? Okay. So yeah. look, I don't know. I think I think if you put that many speakers in series in parallel, you could, if you had the right number, you could end up with eight ohms still at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, they've channel. got the little drawing now. I'll bring the drawing in. You can you can have a look at it. But yeah. But I think what happens is that unless the speakers are absolutely identical and mounted in identical situations, that they will draw different current. Like when you put speakers in series, um, you know, the voltage drop across them is unlikely to be equal unless they are... Well, they have to be identical. They would, yeah. And then and then you've got issues of, uh, you know, cable runs and, like, if you've got a bunch of speakers that are 50 feet further away mm-hmm. than the... You so can- if you've got, say, four speakers in series... 50 feet away versus four series and speakers right here next to us, then you've got to factor in a DC resistance in the cables as well. I mean, and there's obviously a loss in that. I mean, it just acts like a resistor, so it doesn't change much, but it will 
it will I mean obviously it's dropping some voltage across it as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I've Because I mean on a small system say where you've only got four speakers yeah. in a series parallel combination you could and they're all 50 watt speakers or whatever mm-hmm. your total power for that circuit would be 200 watts. Oh, as far as power handling? Yeah. No. No. Uh, your power handling... Oh, it's we, too, still be, it would still be back to the do, rated... Doesn't first. add up. Doesn't add up to that, no, because you've got... Um, I think off the top of my head, it's 100, right? Because... Oh, I know this. I'm sorry. Do you want me to tell you about roll centres on three-wheel cars? I, I, sorry, <laughs> my head's somewhere else at the moment. Um, it's, but no, it's not. It doesn't. It's no, no, it, it's no, not. No. And, and then if you exaggerate this by using twenty or eighteen speakers, or whatever I got to, yeah, that becomes ridiculous. Then look, the, the power handling is increased, but I mean, okay, when you put two speakers in series, you. Um, I think you'd you'd, uh, you double the power handling, but you lose you lose you lose in theory three dB because you're not drawing as much current out of your amp. All right. Yes. So, um, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm I'm out. I've, oh, well, we'll I've, come back. I've to officially that. forgotten this, which is a bit pathetic considering what this podcast is supposed to be about. But the point is, you, you lose sensitivity. So whatever power handling gain you made up, you you or whatever power handling advantage you had, you assuming you had the power and you're out you yeah, you don't gain anything. You can't gain anything by if you want to gain sensitivity and power handling, you wire things in parallel. Yeah. As a general rule. Yeah, yeah. And you don't so much gain a power handling by doing that, but you do gain you, you sort of gain a sensitivity because when you put speakers in series, you do not gain any acoustic gain, as I remember it. I mean, this is going back. I haven't done any speaker design for a while. But the way I remember it is you put two drivers in series, you gain almost nothing. You, you actually lose. You actually will get less sound mm-hmm. at a given volume setting because suddenly you've got a 16-ohm load instead of 8. Yep. You're drawing less power out of your amp. And when you wire a speaker in series, something weird happens because it's not producing an identical waveform, they do not acoustically add together. So you don't pick up three decibels that way. So when you put uh, two drivers in parallel, starting to come back to me, you put two drivers in parallel, you pick up a 3D dB acoustic <laughs> advantage. Yeah, I know. You pick up a 3DB acoustic advantage, you'll pick up another 3DB because you draw an extra current out of your amp. And in actual fact, that does rely, of course, on a per- perfect amplifier, one that delivers twice as much and a half the impedance. But they don't exist, so you probably pick up four and a half dB in the real world. Okay. <sighs> you got anything non-technical? I mean, that's <laughs> not very technical, but uh, it's uh, you caught me there. Well, so that brings me back to and um, people, not so much rating speakers, but calling them. Um, oh, I said it earlier, and now. I've gotten it earlier full range speakers we don't rehearse this so yeah so what determines a full range speaker can you can you technically well, you have, write it on the box yeah well that seems what it is can you physically have a full range speaker and it's only three inches or does a full range speaker 
have to be at least six inches and then have a tweeter and well, what determines full range you have to be able to cover the full range of frequencies don't you have a six inch driver and um it goes full range <laughs> goes full range um look it's a bit of a one of those vague terms isn't it they say it's a full, a full range speaker. wow excuse me um hit the edit button um Look, I well, forget what the driver size is. What's full range? Full range in the in in theory is twenty to twenty. Yeah, twenty. So no speakers full range, not flat. No. So that so and so that's the end yeah of the so yeah so to technically to be full range you have to full, mu- full range meaning full audible spectrum. Although At a many, set many level. would argue that twenty hertz is not audible. That you almost feel it. Rah rah rah. Yeah, no, we'll I mean, forget that. But you you do hear it. I mean, you you, you do hear it. You feel it, and you hear it. 30, yeah. you're definitely here. 40, absolutely. There's less of the feeling and more of the hearing. But so even if it was only 40 hertz to 20 kilohertz, very few speakers are full range. No. Mm. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. Very few speakers very are full range. Very few speakers are full range. Yeah. Your correct response is yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, no in ceiling speaker that fits in a downlight hole, 89 mil hole or whatever is full range. Full range. It has a whopping great 12 inch sub that you mount next to it. <laughs> yes. Cutting a 14 inch hole next to the downlight that you'll hardly notice. So yeah, you've sort of answered the question. And from a technical Mind point... Mind you, can I just oh, okay. go back to speaker theory, infinite baffle, 3db per octave roll off, you know, you put a speaker in a ceiling or put it in an infinite baffle, which is a ceiling, meaning the back wave can never get to the front wave is basically what mm. an infinite baffle is, I suppose, I mean, i.e. the baffle size is infinite, but yep. um, it uh, rolls off very, very low, very slow, I should say. Oh, okay. So... Well, that brings me to my the technical point. What... Mind you, below the resonant frequency, there would not be a lot of output, I don't think. How many? I don't... Oh, see, I don't know, I've forgotten. How much does it have to here? roll off by in dB before it's not doing that frequency but it still can do that frequency but it's dropped it's well its sensitivity at that frequency is worthless yes yeah like if it was if it was producing one watt one meter it was producing 90 db at i don't know say 100 hertz which is possible with a say an eight inch driver and a ceiling and then at 50 it's 87 25 it's 80 um what's three off 87, 84. 84, yeah. It's fairly late. Not good with musicians' hours anymore. And then, obviously, at 12.5 hertz, it's whatever. So the slow roll-off is fantastic. You do get a lot of subsonic bass, but you don't really because it has no authority. It's very limp-wristed. has no power handling, etc., etc. Is that that, technical? Limp-wrist? Yes, that's a technical description of its bass performance. Limp-wristed. Yeah, that could probably be construed as being a little... I don't know. Um, not politically correct, I suppose. Okay. So how do the speakers sound? Well, they're somewhat lip-wristed in the bass. I'm <laughs> not even sure what that could mean, other than I know what it means. <laughs> get they're, not, they're not very happy speakers. <laughs> no, that means they're very happy. Um, so, I mean, it means piss-weak bass performance. Yeah. Sort of, Maybe wet fish handshake 
bass is probably a better description, you know, sort of nothing there, sort of. Yeah, just you know. doing the, going through the motions yeah. but not actually doing anything. Yeah, so, well, yeah, the cone moves but it doesn't, it, it operates very lethargically, it's very slow bass and as much as it can handle, say, 50 watts at 100 hertz producing a relative amount above 90 dB, if you play a bass note at that same volume setting on your amplifier that has a 20 hertz fundamental, the whole drop just goes out of control and blows up <laughs> because it can't handle it. has no power handling at those yeah. frequencies, which is, of course, a problem with infinite baffle. What are we, why are we doing this? No, I think we covered it. No, okay. We've done well. So we'll have a quick break, mm-hmm. come back with... Something interesting. Oh, news something or other. There's something happened in the world. Pioneer has changed oh, distribution. Well, we'll come back with that. Which is just amazing, really. Oh. Here we are back again. What are we going to do? Serious news. Yeah, well, isn't news meant to be at the start of the show? Ah, uh, you can do news whenever you want. Oh dear, ruin that shit. So you were saying you had some exciting news on a on Pioneer? It's not exciting. I just um, is this Pioneer Australia? What we're talking about? Yeah, it's just a company that I suppose I've dealt with on and off over the years, and you know, Pioneer Australia has a long history probably from the I don't know mid to late 70s they started distributing the product themselves previously they had someone else do it and you know like an agent you know like yeah, I yeah. do with Spender <laughs> obvious plug um, and uh, they uh, I don't know you know they I mean they've, they've gone through a heyday um, which was probably the 80s and some of the 90s and I, I don't know what's happened there since I've stopped dealing with them back a long time ago, probably 15 years ago, but you know, obviously they're sold everywhere and they produce a lot of mediocre crap. Mm. You having a heart attack? No. Good, good. Um, and... Oh, the ruler at it again, rattling on the door, on the wall. There's steel rules hanging up on the back of the studio. Okay. Rattling in the wind... Oh. There's much wind out there, but and it just isn't it just echoes through the walls like oh, so this is not very exciting podcast material. Get back to the story. So anyhow, I read today that they are concentrating on their DJ and their car sound, and they have Ooh. let the AV product, and I presume they still have some stereo product. I don't know, but that's now being distributed or is about to be distributed by Power Move. Which is a company that never heard of. Yeah, go. well, they're not a. They don't market themselves amazingly well. Sounds like, but they aerobic gear. Yeah, it does, doesn't <laughs> it? No, they started up about oh, I don't know four, five, six years ago doing um, they the energy and Klipsch and a number of other mediocre brand. Well, what what actually were quite good speaker brands at one time, but you know have all been taken over by. So we should so. see. Big push for Pioneer in oh, JB and... They're already there. They are there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and the other part of the story is, speaking of JB, which reminded me of Onkyo, which seems to be one of the AV brands they sell. Yeah, the Pioneer have got a big 
stakeholding in Onkyo as well, the third share, third biggest or have a third of it or something like that, whatever the news was. Well, that's interesting. The news that we're supposed to pass on accurately, which I can't remember what it was. but And, of course, you know, everyone knows Marantz and Denon are owned by the same company and bloody, uh, you know, Sony and Sanyo or something. Or no, Panasonic <laughs> and Sanyo and Sony is owned by Samsung. Oh, no, that's right. They just get Samsung to make all their stuff. You know, I mean, every brand is so, you know... And I'm a little tired, and I've said it before on this podcast, you know, of the, oh, I bought a really nice pair of English loudspeakers, you know, and they're bloody Wharfdales, which has been owned by the Chinese for... Forever and a day. Oh, for 15 years at least, you know, and been made in Hong Kong or somewhere around those parts for that long. There's not one iota of it is English. I mean, there may be one pommy designer drawing the shit up, I don't know, but he probably works in Hong Kong. Does that that make it an English speaker? I mean, what is the definition of... This go on and on and on. What's the definition of anything, of where it's made? It's either made there or it isn't. Like, I interrupted a pair of German speakers today, which I know damn well are made in China. Yes. Because the manufacturer told me they were. (laughs) (laughs) They look very nicely made. They look quite German, actually. They look like they could have been made in Germany. But the price and the quality for the money indicates that they were not. Okay. You're not telling us brands on this one? Oh, it's irrelevant. I'm just saying it's... Oh, they just they were sent to me on demo just to have a listen to. I'll give and you a review in the next episode if you like. Well, you know how all these companies take their product to China and get it made? Yes. You know, they do the prototype, say, and then go to this factory and that other factory and they get the cabinet made and they get the yeah. drivers built and they get it all assembled in a different factory. And Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I suppose yeah. so. But it I think more and more Chinese are doing it as a one-stop shop. But anyhow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or oh, there's that scenario. Like in these giant factories. In fact, people, I don't want to distract you from your story, but... No, you won't. I've never done that before, but <laughs> I have been told by people who have been to China, which I have not. No, I haven't either. But they, that there are whole towns or maybe even cities devoted to just one kind of manufacturing. And he mentioned a town that just makes mattresses. <laughs> and it's just fucking mattresses everywhere. It's like Mattress City, literally. Like just every factory makes mattresses, well, makes the this... world's mattresses. Okay. Maybe there is. You could get foam upcuts there cheap, couldn't you? <laughs> you could. It'd be a good place to set up a speaker business. All right, keep going. I've lost one. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so all, all, all the world comes to China to, to build their product, and in this case we're talking speakers. Everyone except Spendor. I, yeah. I mean, there are the, still the products the elite. made in England and America and Scandinavia and what have you. Okay. Get off your horse. Got to get a play in there somewhere. <laughs> So, is there a Chinese brand that you should buy that's made in China? Then you can say, oh, it's Chinese, made in China. That's a good question. Is there anything? There isn't. Bizarrely. They just copy stuff or they just build stuff for well, other people. Or I mean, you know, we went to the show last year and I don't know if we, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know whether I saw it that time or I saw it on previous trips, but there is, you can see, you can tell a mile away, you walk, past some display and they're all shiny and garish and the wrong colour and the, they've got gold knobs and yeah. and the gold's a bit too gold and, and and the stylings, all the proportions are slightly wrong and 
Little knobs, big face oh, plates. Yeah, whatever. You know, just I mean, everyone knows whether you're a, 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 a you know, a, a um, whether you have an eye for design and style or not. Ninety percent of Australians know uh, a beautifully designed product when they see one. Yes, you know, and, and it might not be to their taste because it might be overly minimalist or whatever, or I'd have too many buttons and dials. It might be the opposite. But it will be done properly. The Japanese these days pretty much do it extremely well. And, of course, the rest of the first world does it styling-wise probably yes. equally as well, if not better. And obviously the Europeans do it particularly well. So we know what a good proportion and something that's pleasing to the eye is and so forth. And the Chinese, whatever it is that they enjoy, is not what we enjoy. <laughs> To, you know, as far as pleasure to the eye. And so they make lots of very nice stuff for other people. Mm. In other words, yes. Very rarely, I think, is other Chinese doing the aesthetics on beautiful-looking things. Okay. They can make it, though. If someone gives them a set of blueprints... They can do it. Yeah, and if they copy those blueprints... <laughs> They can make it again in another factory and put a different badge on it. <laughs> Would they? And put very poor quality parts inside. <laughs> so we, we what was your question. You say, well, you're stuck with buying stuff in China. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, what? what? Yeah, at a price. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but this is a conversation that goes nowhere because China, as time goes on, very rapidly is becoming a more expensive place to make things. But I tell you what they do do extremely well, from what I can tell and what I've read, is they do the the one-stop shop brilliantly, you know, where you go in there with your plans and your rough prototype and I'll just do everything for you. In-house. And I'll drop ship it. So you never even see it unless you order one for yourself. Yeah, but we're only talking little intricate little plastic trinkety things. Oh, like. well, I'm talking iPhones and shit like that. Really. Oh, no, I think you're wrong there. The iPhone company, I believe you go to one factory and you buy the camera and then you go to the other factory and you buy the speaker and then the other factory you get the touchscreen and then they put it all together in, in one big factory. Oh, yeah, when I say one-stop shop... So the technology's not all... No, 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 I'm not... Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the bigger picture, which is the packaging, the the design, the logistics of uh, oh, okay. getting it away. Making it happen, the shop. Yeah, the, yeah, the... There's a guy, right? I mean, there's... <laughs> He's no, quite there busy, is, but no, there's, there's this guy. No, there is a guy. There's a pommy guy who went there, like, 30-odd oh. years ago and set up... and. It is one-stop shop in the sense that he employs about 50,000 people, but indirectly he only employs 5,000 himself in, in his factory. Mm-hmm. All the other people are, um, you know, contracted or whatever. So it's one-stop shop in the sense that everything's made in-house, but that in-house is a multiplicity of factories. Ah, okay. So, yes, he brings right. it Camera brings it all and together. and everything are made. Well, not that there's a keyboard on a smartphone, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, not a hard Touchscreen. So... Yeah, yeah, but what I mean is one stop as in they've got all this other stuff worked out. You know, how to write a manual. You know, they write the manuals. They, well, we all know what they're like to read. (laughs) Sometimes confusing, but, you know, they do everything. 
that you need to produce a product. And they probably organise contracts and licensing and, you know. Yeah. And then the further licensing you need from the other manufacturers, like from Dolby or, you know, they probably organise all that crap as well. I don't know. Well, they got little embossing stamps so they can just take it from one Yeah, they machine. may not get the licence. They just <laughs> say they do. <laughs> we put logo. <laughs> where, you, where you want logo. <laughs> Oh, uh, dear. Should, we actually should go to China sometime. It could be interesting. It would be interesting. Mm. You could always tag along with... Um... Excuse me. Oh, don't. <laughs> no, no, we won't go there. Well, no. Don't make it personal. <laughs> no, we should go. We should go for a look. Don't they have a big trade show? I, there is a, there was, I wanted to go to a, there was a really good machinery trade show for um, like CNC stuff and I thought that would be pretty cool um, because I'm somewhat intrigued by middle of the range laser cutters and things. Cutting metal. Yeah, not expensive ones, just you know, one one you could fit in your own workshop that you didn't need to build a workshop for mm-hmm. and because um, they are getting cheaper and cheaper and um I thought, yeah. I mean, and I think that I think that show was on October, November. So I was looking at going to it last year, but I, well, I went off the idea because I found someone to cut up my bits really cheap anyhow. They already had the machine, so why bother? But right. But you know, yeah. Um, I thought it'd be a good excuse to go and have a look. You know, because you don't have to go for a long time. It doesn't take too long to get there. I don't think. Nah. Twelve hours, eleven hours, whatever. Anyhow. Um, I've no idea what the airfare is. <laughs> it could be pricey. I don't know. I've never looked. They might not let you in the country. I'm guessing it's a thousand bucks at least. Actually, I did look up accommodation. That's right. Oh, I got no. a bit serious about it. I can't think what city it was in, but I tell you what, it's a lot of people go there and get excited and come back with outrageous stories, and, and these are people that are perhaps not always well travelled in the rest of the world, but. When you start looking into it, man, it's got some. It, they're doing some amazing things there. Yeah, as far as just the scale of everything. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, at some point, but uh, not next week. Not next week. Okay. So that brings. Well, we we started with Pioneer and we finished with China. Well, the Pioneer thing doesn't mean anything probably to a lot of consumers, but it was a company that, um, you know, they got a lot. They got a lot of the retro stuff from the seventies and eighties. They've got, they keep that. They've got a whole rack of it. And they take it to trade shows and things. Like they've got one of the open reels that everyone oh, knows okay. about. And they've got you know the amps with the big VU meters and stuff, and all of the stuff that in the seventies and eighties was just wet yourself over material. Well, it was as a kid, anyhow. And um, not that it was ever my favourite brand, but, you know, it was fancy. It was good-looking stuff. It yeah, was, yeah. You know, little blue lights and stuff. And, um, you know, it. Yeah, and they were, a, they were a good company, you know. They, and they, even recently, they um, were very good with technical advice and they keep a reasonable range of parts and they're trying a lot harder than most other manufacturers to give backup service. So you worry that and, uh, this is all, all gone now? Oh, that is all gone, yeah. Unless yeah. the technical side is being supported by someone else, that will be gone. I can assure you PowerMove don't care about backup service, but that, that's not a single out PowerMove. No one cares. <laughs> no, I, just no one a, I just had a, I wouldn't call it a run-in, but I just had a disappointing sort of outcome with a Lynn inquiry, you know, like, 
you know. Well, we're getting top end here, okay. Yeah, well, the point we'll is, I know what, like, name as an example, will, as an NAIM, will, they do keep parts for a very long time. They try really hard to back up, what, particularly long, their expensive components. Longer than seven years? Hell yeah. Okay. Whereas Lynn, yeah, seven or eight years. Mate, that's an old one. <laughs> well, when I pay $30,000 for a uh, yes. and speakers, I don't think seven years is too long to expect you to <laughs> keep some bits and some service support. And their service support's longer than that. I, I, but I was told by their agent that, as far as they're concerned, seven or eight years is an old model. That's an oldie. And I don't think it is, you know. So we should see a few more Lynn products down at the local pawnbroker. It is pawn a <laughs> um, No, no, I don't think so. The, yeah, well... The, so what, what? that brings up something different. So you've got your uh, $500 shoebox stereo system that you got from whoever, JB, Harvey Norman. Mm-hmm. Packs it in, throw throw it out. It's only five hundred dollars. It ends up in the bin. There's no way you can throw thirty thousand dollars worth of stereo system because it stopped working, or you can't get the spare parts for it. What do they just store it somewhere? Pack it away. Well, isn't that isn't that the? That's just the question of the ages, though, isn't it? Is what do you do with this thing? You can't get the parts, and you can't fix it. So what yes. do you do with it? Like you say, it's too good to throw away. You, you wouldn't, but there's nothing you can do with it. <laughs> And I've got a part. I've got a. I've got a preamp here that uh, I'm just going to have to knuckle down and literally remake the circuit board because it's just too good to throw out. It's a ten thousand. Oh, it's not ten. Yeah, it's in Australia. It would have been when it was new. It would have been about seven, eight, maybe nine thousand dollars. Yes. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it because it's way too good to throw away. And it ruins the rest of the system because you haven't. You need the preamp you got the, to run all the power amps and connect the CD player and turntable to. So, yeah, it's a bit older than seven or eight years. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, but it, it's got a, it's fifteen years old. But meh, yeah. name would make another circuit board, I think. Oh, okay. Well, why not? It's only a circuit board. We'll run. We'll do a batch. We'll put some through. Because name, like, unlike a lot of people, make their own stuff in their own factory in Pommy Land. <laughs> so, inside secrets of the of the of the. Uh, well, I was trying to lead you into the, uh, the subject you mentioned. You know, you you've got this expensive equipment. Mm. What happens if you want to store the thing? Oh, and you missed it. Oh, it's a segue to something that I don't really. <laughs> You're right. We were chatting about people who um, store. Well, let's just cut to the chase. Hi- hi-fi, electronics, TVs, whatever, don't don't store well, like most things don't. If you just <laughs> no. stick them in the attic or you jam them in a storage shed somewhere or whatever, the moisture, the the uh, moisture, whether it be like actual. Yep humidity or just rain like a leak in the roof 
of the crappy storage shed or your own shed or wherever you've jammed it or your, or your attic for that matter or wherever. I mean, the temperature fluctuations, uh, of continuous high temperatures. But worse than that is, is vermin peeing all over it or... Um, <laughs> Because I've had I've had a run of yeah this was triggered by having a run of um, of storage related problems recently and on quite good gear. So one example was uh, quite an expensive area receiver had the HDMI board peed on by a mouse. I did see that in the, in the workshop. It looked like it had caught fire. That's right. Yeah. It, well, that's because the uh, I, I suspect the mouse died. <laughs> okay. Not oh. from excessive peeing, perhaps, but. Maybe lack of food, since AV receivers don't offer a lot of nourishment. And it wasn't inside it. It was living on top of it, probably in a cardboard box or under a sheet or something. And the point is, this guy was just renovating, right? So he chucks all his gear, he pulls it out of the, out of the rack and jams it in the spare room for about a year or two. Yep. And I don't know whether he lives out in the bush or whatever, but anyhow, he had a couple of mises running around the joint. And one was obviously living on top of his receiver and he started using it as a toilet and... <laughs> And onto the HDMI board, and I mean HDMI boards are expensive, and you know it's cactus, in the sense that it's not an economical repair. Mm. So, and of course, in many cases, that board would no longer be available either. But it was quite a good receiver, not a eight thousand dollar one or anything, but a couple of grand. And the point is that, well, it's stuffed. Just sat it in a spare room for eighteen months, and now it's buggered. So, how should you have stored the thing? Well, he should have put it in its original box or a box. He should have taped the box up so cockroaches and mouses couldn't get into it. Uh, he should have made sure before he taped it up that there was no cockroaches already living in it since they love living in, living in cardboard boxes and they live under the flaps in the bottom. And, yes. and I had recently in my own shop, not my fault because obviously the problem with customers bringing repairs in in cardboard boxes is they're bringing their own cockroaches with them. <laughs> but there was one cockroach living in that box... And that was a box, and I forget. Oh, I had a speaker drive unit in it. Oh no! And I had it sitting just there. Well, it's basically in the parts pile. And because what happened was, it was a return. It was a. I sent the driver out. The customer swapped it over. Sent the driver back the faulty one, which was not really faulty. I mean, it was it had an unglued dust cap or something. So I fixed that. Yeah. I put it back into storage for the rare occasion where we get to sell one the same. And somewhere along the line, a cockroach jumped in there. In the box? In the box. And for whatever, somehow they can gain sustenance out of cardboard. <laughs> and it shit the place up. And it shit all over the driver. Corroded lead-out-wise and the voice call. Did you seal the box up? Like the you... box was fairly sealed up. It okay. had tape holding the flaps down, yes. Yeah, okay. And I opened it up and it stunk. And the driver was rooted. And I threw the whole lot in the bin and the size of the cockroach in there because I realised it had babies as well. I mean, how do you oh. do that? How, how do you start <laughs> off with one cockroach and end up with more? Maybe he had visitors. I don't know. He used to get the ladies over from the... Uh, Have a look at my driver. I don't know. From the broken microwave. We well, don't fix microwaves, but that's a great oh, source God. of cockroach infestation. But anyhow. So, yeah. So there was a couple of babies in there. I tipped them all out in the driveway. Stomped the big one out. It was, just, it was like standing on a sparrow. It was just... <laughs> it left quite a splat. Anyhow, I threw the whole lot in the bin. It was rooted. So, so, so you shouldn't yeah. have stored it in the first place. You would have been better off just throwing well, it out. Well, actually, you know, I'm sort of shitting, in my, shitting on my own point because really it 
I needed to make sure the box was cleaned first, which is actually, I remember now why I mentioned that story, was that you need to make sure there's no vermin in the box. Then seal it up properly with packing tape, covering all openings. Yes. And then keep it in a stable temperature environment that's not overly moist and um, not in the sun, not in the chook shed <laughs> where the missus will just bite through it. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. A common sense. Yeah, people bring things in and go, yeah. Well, the guy with the receiver was caught out. That was a bit unfair. But other people, yeah, I've had this under the house for about 20 years. It, it worked fine when I put it down there. <laughs> and now it's not doing this and it's not doing that. Well, man, what about the car you parked under the house for 20 years? How's that going? I mean, of course it's not working. These electronic things, they just go. So you've actually got a point, which is don't store it. If you're not going to use it, sell it. Because stuff doesn't store well. Nothing does, really. No, does nothing it? really stores well. But you have to store that $30,000 worth of lid equipment because you're not going to throw it out. There's no way you'd throw it out. No, no. What I think what happened there was that the guy couldn't adjust to the reality of what it was worth in the current marketplace. And that's the reason why you quite often hang on to things as you go, I paid a lot of money for this. Oh, okay. And now it's worth, yeah, because he tried to sell it to me years ago and offered him less than what he wanted then and I offered him less than what he wanted again. Again. <laughs> I mean, of course I do, because he wants twice what retail is. Oh, okay. And most people do, don't they? So, yeah, so that's the reason why you might store something, isn't it? Human nature suggests that... Well, I'm not selling it for that. I'll store it and wait till it's really stuffed and worth nothing. You can't win. You can't win. Of course you can't. If you actually have got collectible items that you need to store because at some stage they'll be worth money, you'd be best to use them occasionally. Yeah, well, that, yeah. Use it or lose it. Yep. <laughs> So you're better off, yeah, using your equipment. This is the most piss-weak, <laughs> rambling load of bullshit. We got to I that. don't think you can build a podcast, Keith, out of crapping on about... Other customers and... You know, it's not... I don't think it's the basis of a entertaining and informative I don't think we're very... We're not very informative. No, we're both half asleep from working all day. <laughs> Sorry, I'm rubbing my eyes. Oh, you're awake? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should call it quits. Okay. And come back with renewed enthusiasm <laughs> next Tuesday. Yeah, well, I've booked out every Tuesday. All right. So for those people wondering that have made it this far, which I would say out of... I thought we were editing this bit out. Oh, no, no, this is, this is for the... Yeah. The diehards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just die. But, I mean, you could have a gimmick at the end of every show, couldn't you? It's a bit like, I don't know, Monty Python movie where, you know, stuff happens as the credits rolling, everyone leaves the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the best stuff happens. And, and other movies do take uh, outtakes and stuff. You know, and yeah, people say to me, oh, you want to watch the, out, the outtake of... The, the best thing happens after the... The credits the roll. Credits. It's, oh, it's the funniest thing. Well, it would be because the movie was shite. But anyhow... You know, yeah, so we should have a little, since the podcast is shot, <laughs> we should do the funny stuff now. Oh, oh, funny. 
like, I don't know, the time that Al McPherson had to go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell jokes, so we won't be doing no, that. I can't Something tell jokes. About num, 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 num. Anyhow, so um, what do you got? Oh, I thought we were wrapping it up. Okay. We'll save the funny stuff for next time. Okay. What about the informative stuff? Well, we did your pioneer. We did. Well, it's not that interesting. We were going to do snake oil. Yes, we didn't have any. What's the latest thing that's going around? I did hear a good one the other day. Um, Well, you were talking about, what were you talking about over dinner? That's all the latest fashion. Oh, the latest, not the fashion, the contrail thing, chemtrail thing. I found that bizarre. Oh, I didn't want to upset too many people. That's not a snake oil for the AV industry. No, 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 but it's interesting. <laughs> Do we want to delve into that? Oh, not really. No. <laughs> well, you were just telling me that a lot of people in some places, Bleep. some people, Bleep. some in some parts of the world think... The government's spraying them with chemicals. Yeah. From aircraft that fly overhead. Yeah. These are not bright people, possibly. <laughs> Or maybe no. they know something we don't know. Maybe they do know something we don't know, but it's a bit hard to believe. There's a there's a few things. The first flaw with the chemtrail thing is... Do you want to clarify this? Is that So, that, uh, so these people think that the condensation trail left by a jet aircraft flying at high altitude... Yeah, at high speed. Yeah, I suppose speed's it's, it's with a, it. Certain weather conditions that it's really so, well, relevant. Well, I presume it's something to do with dew point, moisture content, yeah. height... Uh, temperature jet engine exhaust no wind no clouds yeah. in the sky bit warmish yep but yeah have never looked into the science of it but whatever so yeah. the point is it leaves this white streak across the sky we all know we've all seen it we know what it is yeah but these people that you are referring to think that that is a trail of chemical that the government or something the government has released onto the general population to keep them under control how does the how does the chemical that's up there at thirty five thousand feet get to us oh it's raining down oh it's raining down and and it's like distributing widely as yeah yeah and see that and that's one of the, the the i mean they even acknowledge that there's vapor trails and there's Chemtrails, they call oh, Okay. Yep. And the different, how do you tell the difference? Oh, well, the vapour trail disappears or disperses quite quickly. Okay. And the chemtrail won't. It stays there. It's quite persistent and won't go away. <laughs> so, therefore, it's not raining down on you. It's still stuck up there. So Well, that defeats... Yeah, it defeats the purpose of the chemicals, doesn't it? I mean, you know, everyone's well... And, and, and it's only... And opinion, it's only, but... only been happening since the late 80s, apparently. And I can remember seeing them as kids. Then the what are you? You're fifty in the seventies. So. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I didn't think um, Fokker friendships left contrails. <laughs> they go fast enough. I don't want your Fokker friendship. I want your Fokker help. Um, and the the other big issue I feel is they'd never be able to take off with that much amount of chemicals on board to spray that length of. Trial out the back. Hang on, you mean you've lent serious thought to how this may or may not <laughs> oh, it work? Took, it took five minutes. I just thought that seems like a waste of five minutes. A bit like this podcast. Um, 
Yeah. We'll edit that bit out. We'll edit that bit. Cut out. it out. <laughs> which never which never happens because it involves effort. <laughs> I bet no, right. Well, we'll wrap it up then. And okay. we'll we'll put this sucker up and uh, see if anyone listens to it. And if more than three people listen to it all the way through, because we can tell we're watching you, <laughs> uh, we will um, we will do another one. Spit out another one. <laughs> <laughs> Poor people. Uh, we better come up with some better material next time. All right, we're off. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye.